Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to Livewire Markets Buy, Hold, Sell. My name is Matthew Kidman and the final siren for company profit reporting season has just sounded. And it was pretty pretty difficult period. Even though the wins were probably equal with the misses, stock prices jetted around like a pinball for the whole month of the profit reporting season. But to dissect it a bit further, I've got two of the best in the business. I've got Will Mumford from OSCAP and Michael O'Neill from IML. Welcome, gentlemen. Will, I'll start with you. We're going to give you one word to describe the whole profit reporting season. What's that word? Quality. I thought this reporting season was all about the quality companies outperforming. We've had some really big headwinds in the half from interest rates to cost inflation, and the quality companies were able to navigate the storm better than the rest and generally come out the other side in a better position. My portfolio didn't feel like it was full of quality because my (laughs) stocks moved around a lot, Michael. What's the one word you're going to use to give us today? The word is caution. It's a tired word, but I think a lot of the impacts around, you know, rising rates, inflation, uh, the COVID hangover are affecting different industries differently. So it really depends. And that's why, you know, the outlook is so much stronger for companies that do have scale pricing power and lower debt. Yeah, I thought we got rid of that word COVID, but it still seems to come up. Still there. Now, let's get into some companies. Um, some of the companies did all right and maybe even beat or met expectations, but felt, felt the wrath of uh, investors and got sold off. Um, why was that? Why do you think that we went through that period? There seemed to be a number of reasons. Yeah, it was pretty mixed in terms of misses and, uh, and beats, but I mean, the focus is very much on, on outlook now. I think there are, there are several companies with some big leadership changes, uh, Qantas and Fortescue in particular. There were also companies where there was anticipation and short-term disappointment. I think Telstra was a standout there. Shareholders basically you know, passed over the result. It was really overshadowed by the fact that they decided that they weren't going to sell down further in their Infraco business. Really, really took away from what was quite an exciting result. Yeah, well, you don't want to give um, investors too much expectations, do you? If they get a bit disappointed, it gets sold off. So, the same question to you. There was a number of companies that I can think of a company like AGL hit their numbers, reiterated, but all of a sudden stock down 10, 15%, like I said, like a pinball. Yeah. Have you got some logic why that was happening this time? It's really dangerous to focus on the now. You've got to think 18 months out ahead. And so whether a company beat or missed wasn't important by itself. I thought what the market was rewarding was companies where they think earnings might have bottomed. And that tended to be in the consumer discretionary space as well. Whereas companies where they might have beat, but the outlook out 18 months or so is still a bit cloudy, there was less interest. One day we'll get this outlook clear. It never <laughs> seems to be clear, does it? So let's, let's get onto the good side of the ledger. Yep. What was a couple of stocks that surprised on the upside and actually went on with it in terms of share price? And of course, is that sustainable? Can we now, a, w- a few weeks on, buy those stocks? Sure. So two for me. The first is Nick Scarley. So Nick Scully's really been in the eye of the storm in terms of interest rate headwinds and the 20-year lows in housing turnover. 
yet it still punched out a result that was well ahead of consensus. And if you annualize their second half number, you get to a number that's ahead of consensus again for next year. And I think that's pretty conservative given they're not expecting any real cost inflation. And management also have a whole bunch of organic and inorganic growth opportunities in front of them. My second choice is, is car sales, which also had a good month. And the key thing for car sales is that now half of their earnings are coming from their international businesses. And these international businesses just have a really long growth runway because all of the features that car sales has added in its Australian market and monetized, it's really just starting to roll out internationally now. And car sales earnings per share growth is now on a through the cycle basis, pretty similar to REA, but its P is at a 30% discount. And I think there's room for this gap to close. So we can keep holding those two stocks. Yep, that's it. Okay, Michael, that's gonna be hard to beat. I can't think of two better than that. You give it your best shot. I'll give you two exciting ones from my perspective, Brambles and Medibank. So Brambles, great to end the uh, reporting season on a high, stock up 7%, 20% earnings growth. Now they're not immune from destocking from the retailers, their volumes were down 2%, but they achieved a whopping 16% price growth. And you have confidence that that is sustainable into the next year and that their guidance of double digit earnings growth is possible because their net promoter scores so show strong underlying momentum in the business. In Medibank's case, you've seen a very good recovery from the cyber event. Uh, in fact, both their brands grew in the four fourth quarter. Their outlook is very strong. Uh, for the first time in their listed history, we're actually seeing uh, insurance premiums uh, for health insurance uh, growing at a slower rate than underlying CPI inflation, as well as uh, wage inflation. Plus, they've got a $2.5 billion investment book, which uh, until recently was earning close to 1%, and now should be earning about 5%. Nothing like a good cyber attack to get a company focused, <laughs> is there? So let's go to the other part of the ledger. Companies are disappointed and probably got a pretty bleak future because we've seen some things we didn't like. You got one for us? Yeah, I think Ramsey was a bit of a shocker, down 12% on the day. Not much in the way of pricing power. They had trouble pushing their costs through to their customers, uh, particularly in their French business where their margins were absolutely crunched. They also carry a lot of debt and they're facing higher debt costs into the next year. You'd rather own the health insurer that has no debt plenty of excess uh, capital that they're investing and is also actively taking costs out of the industry and disrupting some of the practices such as rehabilitation. Go figure, Will. Healthcare is supposed to be defensive yeah. and resilient. <laughs> and there we go. Uh, the healthcare stocks weren't so good. Have you, have you got one that disappointed you and you think, well, I don't need to go there for a while? Yeah, well, there was one that we do hold and that's ARB Group and that's been a market darling for quite a while and it was down 15% or so on a result that did beat the market's estimates. But it was interesting that the company was managed, uh, did manage to recover from that and ended up up for the month. And for me, it's just a reminder that growth companies that are founder-led with a long runway are really scarce on the ASX. So you've got to be careful about getting too negative about a short-term headwind because ultimately the market's going to um, redirect its focus to the long-term opportunity. And these companies can re-rate faster than you might think. Okay, that sounds positive. <laughs> But let's, let's now take on a bit of risk. Yep. Was there one company, one result, one stock that you're happy to buy and hold it right through to this time next year when we're having the same conversation in 24? Yeah, so to be honest, I think we'd like to hold most of our portfolio out to 24, but my pick for earnings resilience is gonna be Eager's Automotive. So if you take Eager's uh, order book, their electric vehicle initiatives, their domestic M&A opportunities, their international opportunities, you get to a revenue number that's already ahead of consensus for CY24 revenue. 
and they've got a particularly active management team. And I'd be very surprised if they don't come up with more initiatives between now and then to create more value. And so you add on their really great balance sheet as well as their below market multiple. And that's one that I'm happy to hold. You got a car that can move quicker than what Eagles can sell you? Well, I, I believe I've got a very safe opportunity that I'd be happy to sit on for the next year. It's um, Charter Hall Retail REIT. Now, that might seem a bit out of character for us. We've been very negative on the property. No, property I'm trust, excited. Trust REITs sector. are exciting. Yeah, no, that's right. We've, we virtually hold nothing in the way of REITs outside of CQR. It's, it's a real gem in what has been a beaten up sector. Four billion dollars of uh, portfolio in, in uh, neighbourhood uh, retail and petrol stations, anchor tenants like your Woolworths and BPs. Uh, over a decade in terms of weighted average lease expiry, uh, and you've got some rent growth in there, uh, both from turnover and CPI. So you put all that together and the, the non-discretionary aspect um, and the fact that vacancies aren't particularly cyclical, you've got a 7.5% yield, a company that has relatively low debt. That sounds nice. That sounds nice. Well, um, well you can lose money in the share market, as we know, 7.5% is good. So we've got to be cautious, but if you can go and find some quality in the market, it looks like the next 12 months could be quite profitable for you. Thanks for watching. That was a terrific show. And what I would do if I was you and what I've already done is go and subscribe to the LiveWire YouTube channel and get some terrific content. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.